It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Go big or go home. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Nats Insider Podcast for another week. Got a good show for you today as we work our way through the month of July and get ready for the final couple months of the 2022 season. Dan Colco here with you. And we've got, as I said, a good one. We've got a upcoming potential star for the Nationals joining us on today's show. And we've got some information on some uh, potential stars in the future as well. So a look ahead, both in terms of the current Major League roster and some tips and and updates on some guys that might be joining us on the big league squad in years to come. We've got Luis Garcia, the Nationals' new everyday shortstop, joining me here in a little bit. And also, I'll be joined by Dijon Watson, the Nationals' director of player development, who's been overseeing all that the Nats have done on their minor league side over the course of this season. And he's got updates on a number of guys that have impressed through the first half-plus of the 2022 campaign. Let's start though with Luis Garcia. This is a guy that we've gotten to know up here at the major league level over the last couple of years, since with the Nats in 2020 and 2021 started the year at AAA and hit the cover off the ball for AAA Rochester, got called up around the start of June and continued that torrid offensive play. He's been working hard on his defense as well. And after a little bit of a scuffle over the last couple of weeks, offensively, He delivered some big-time swings on this last road trip. Had the huge go-ahead home run in in the eighth inning of that game at Dodger Stadium that led the Nationals to a win. And we actually recorded this interview with Luis. I'll be totally transparent. We recorded this interview the day of that home run at Dodger Stadium. I chatted with him before the game. He went out and hit the go-ahead homer that night and had some interesting uh, thoughts on – his power, his approach at the plate that I think are informative as we saw the results very shortly after he made these comments to me and to you. So let's play for you now that interview with Luis Garcia, the Nationals' new everyday shortstop who's gotten off to a strong start at the major league level this season. Louis, how you doing, buddy? Everything good, man. You know, another day. Another day. You always got a smile on your face. I love that uh, about <laughs> you and why why not you're in the big leagues what's what's there to be uh upset about right yeah why not why not <laughs> so uh louis this is now uh your third year that you've gotten some time in the major leagues um i'm curious how you feel like you're a different ball player or a better ball player now than you were when you first made your way into the major leagues a couple years ago uh you know I come here for my third year. I'm feeling good. I think uh, I'm a better. I'm a better player now. I'm more intelligent right now, and uh, I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm coming here. I play every day and try to help the team uh, most I can do. So I'm feeling good. 
you say you're more intelligent now. In what ways do you think you have a better understanding of the major league game now than you did a couple of years ago? Uh, you know, when I come here my first year, you know, everything was working fast for me. And then when I go to the defense, I see like everything fast. Like, and then now I have like more control. I have like go to the defense and I, I go to the, to the offices. And uh, I feel like I have the control now and uh, everything works like not fast, but like, you know, so, so, so. And uh, when I go to the defense, I see like, I see the field. I see like the Cesar second base and sometimes Franklin third base. And I see that, okay, now I got it. Now, no, everything is not fast now. So, what, What's been the biggest part of helping things slow down for you. I know you've been working a lot with Bogey, with Gary D. Sarcina on, on your defense, but you mentioned the veterans that you have around you as well. What do you think has been the biggest factor in things starting to slow down? I, for me, like try to like more focus, like, like play, play every day. It's helped me a lot. When you play every day, like you like coming today, uh, you you play like whole game nine and you come in the next day, you come in like, okay, I played yesterday, today I, I'm more like confident. Like and that's helped me a lot. So I think that's the key. I mentioned the work that you've been putting in defensively. Uh, I see you out there pretty much every day working with the coaches trying to get better. What has been your biggest focus defensively in terms of the fundamentals? Is it throwing? Is it footwork? Is it timing? What's been the biggest focus for you? Uh, for me right now, it's stay on my leg, like follow my throw and the finish my throw. So that's that's my key right now. That's uh, I come in every day, like early ball every day. I got like 45 grand ball every day. And that's my focus. Stay on my leg, be aggressive and follow my throw. Has that been something that you've enjoyed doing, getting in the extra work and, and really trying to, to get better in that area? Or can that be a grind over the course of day after day after day, putting in that work? No, I, I enjoy that, you know. When you come here to early work, you know, like, something you do today, tomorrow is more better, you know. Right. You come in every day here, like early work, every day, every day. Someday, you got to be better, so... I want to be like the, the best restore in the league and the, you know, that that's going to work. You've spent a lot of time moving back and forth between shortstop, between second base. You've kind of been all over the place. Uh, how nice has it been for you? You mentioned knowing that you're going to play every day, but not just be in the lineup every day, that you're going to be out there at shortstop every day and you can really get comfortable at that one position. Yeah, that's very good for me, you know. When you come in here, you know, like you want to play short every day. Uh that that me focus, you know, that's the the very important position, a short stop. And you come in every day, you know you play short every day, you come in like, okay, today's today's the day you come in like play short stop and you focus for that. You focus for that position, you focus for that position in there. The last, I think last year I played second base a lot. I remember. And then I played sometimes shortstop. You come in every day, you come in like, oh, 
maybe I play second base today, maybe I, I play shortstop. And that confuses sometimes. And uh, you know that different position, you know, like ground ball to second base, uh, you got like plenty of time. Right. You catch a ground ball, you see the, the run, and you throw in like slow throw, and you got time when the short so like you better be aggressive and catch a ball and throw it. So now when I play short throw every day, you got like one walk. That's it. Sometimes I move to second to catch ground ball, but like it's very important for me, like catch ground ball every day to short and the short throw. Do you want to be an everyday shortstop or do you not really care where you play defensively? Um, I want to be, I want to be really like shortstop every day. I want to be like the best shortstop in the league. But whatever team near, near me, I'm ready for that. Luis Garcia joining me on Nats Insider. And Louis, uh, your offensive numbers at AAA were really, really good this year. You come up here and you've had some good success at the major league level as well offensively. What did you, what were you doing at AAA that worked for you that you tried to make sure that even though you were playing at a higher level at the majors, that you were doing that same thing, even in your major league at bats? Yeah. Uh, when I go to AAA, I try to be like focused, like stay in my leg. I try to hit the ball like middle, the other way. And uh, that's helped me a lot in play and see the ball like travel, like coming to me, not like going to, to the ball. So right. when I come in the first day or second day, I got to be like too quick for me. And I go to the ball, I go to the ball in front and say, okay, slow down and do what you do and play. So now I go to send, send, like them and left, try to hit the ball middle. Middle to the other way, then he throw me something inside. Uh, I know I have like good hair, so that's him again. Louis, you and I have talked about how few fastballs you've been, you've been getting. Teams just throw you changeups away, breaking balls down and away. Uh, very few fastballs. How have you dealt with that, knowing that you're going to get very few fastballs because you've shown that you can hit the fastball, but still needing to be ready? that when you do get a fastball, you have to be able to hit it. Yeah, right now, you know, I'm, I'm the hitting, like, I love the fastball. And uh, I always, when I go to the home play, I look for the fastball. So if he throw me like change, curve or something, I look the fastball like middle away. And uh, when I look the fastball middle away, you know, like, he throw like, Breaking ball like change or Google, you have you have chance or time for hitting the ball like steady field to right field. Right. But when you look like fastball inside, you don't have chance for breaking ball. You have like everything like away and down. And now that that's the that's a, the work I do it right now. So I don't see like many fastball. I see like two or, or one and no forest rides like something like close to my face, I see it. So I look the password like middle away and I'm ready for the breaking room. Why always look the password? Louis, what have you been most proud of this year in your development? I think like both different and often. Mm -hmm. So I come here every day for early work, coming here for like 20 minutes, 
for like 25 minutes every day, sometimes like hours. And I think I'm applying for like, I probably made for like both different software. Now it's working very good and then, you know itself. When we talked last year, Louis, you told me about your dad and how much of an impact he's made on your baseball career. He played in the major leagues. Yeah. How much do you guys talk over the course of a season? How And how much is he still coaching you uh, through text messages, through phone calls, even when he's not near you? Yeah, it's not yesterday, you know, in, in Dominican, to here, the games yesterday is finished like 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. In Dominica, it's like 1 o'clock a.m. So, yesterday, the first call I got is my father. Call, and then he said, Hey, what did you do? He said, I got off the phone yesterday. And then he said, No, that's nothing. Tomorrow, would you got 4 for 4? They said, Okay, I got it. And that's the key. He, he heard me a lot. He called me every day. He tests me every day. And uh, that's that's good for it. That's good for him. That's good for me. And uh, we got something like uh, he he helped me a lot because he played the building. He played the minor league for like nine years and he know the baseball. And uh, we do we talk a lot and that's good. How special is that relationship for you? That very special. That's very, very special. I love, I love him. He loved me, and then that's very special for me. Louis, uh, where do you see yourself ten years from now as a ball player? What, what do you think Luis Garcia can become? Hmm. That's a big question. <laughs> I see like very, very good player. Like play here in the Washington National for my whole life. And uh, for me, that's all-star game. Uh, I want to I wanna be the win the home, home from there too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I go for that. And uh, I think that's very good play. Like regular, everyday shortstop. Not like regular. I want to be the one of the best shortstop. So I think um, like very good, very good player. Well, Louis, it's been a lot of fun watching you develop over the last few years and seeing your English develop as well. Your English is fantastic. Uh, and appreciate you taking time for me, buddy. Uh, keep keep playing hard, and we're going to enjoy watching you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate it, Louis. Thanks. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. All right. So we've talked a lot over the course of this season about 
various minor leaguers making their way up through the national system. We've heard from a bunch of them here on the Nats Insider podcast. We've heard some from some stars. We've heard from some guys that are maybe less heralded on the prospect lists, but that are having really nice seasons and setting themselves apart from the pack a little bit. Now let's hear from a guy who has overseen all of those minor league players that are coming up through the Nats system. That's Dijon Watson. He was previously a special assistant to uh, Nationals general manager Mike Rizzo in past years. This year, he's moved into the role of director of player development and has been bouncing around to affiliates all throughout the Nationals minor league ranks. He's been going down to the Dominican, to the Nationals Academy down there. He's been everywhere uh, as he oversees this next wave of talent that is making its way up and we hope will impact things at the major league level in years to come. Had a great chat with Dijon recently talking about who has stood out in the first half of the season and his overall impressions of the way things have gone uh, across the Nats affiliates. So let's play that interview for you now. Dijon Watson, the Nationals Director of Player Development. Dijon, great to catch up with you again, and uh, thanks for taking time with me, buddy, uh, to, to join us here on the podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I was very excited back in, what was it, November or so, when news came across uh, that you were moving from your previous role as a special assistant to Riz, to the, to the general manager, into your new role now as director of player development. So congratulations on that. That's That's an exciting thing for you. Um, you've got kind of a wide array of, of skill sets based on your past experiences in baseball. And I'm curious why moving into this role was the right fit for you. Why did you want to get back specifically on the minor league side and work on developing this next wave of talent that we're going to see up here in DC? You know, um, that's a great question. Mike and I, we kind of discussed kind of where the organization was. Uh, and I know he went out and was searching for, you know, someone to fill this role. I felt like, again, I'm here to help because I've done so many different things in the game, been a scouting director, been a, you know, been a farm director, been an AGM, been a VP of baseball operations, signed players internationally, worked in Asia, you know, done the whole Asian operations as far as signing players there. Um, But I think the most rewarding position that I've held in professional baseball has been in player development. So for me, it seemed like a natural fit and and for me an opportunity to try and get back uh, to to some of the kids in the game that are trying to, you know, achieve their goals and and play at the highest level and and help grow and shape some of these young men that we have in the organization. So for me at the time, I felt like it was a great opportunity to to really kind of come back and, and try and contribute to what we're building here, which I'm really excited about. Now, you and I spent some time together at the Instructional League back in October of last year, and I saw you around these kids, a lot of whom are, what, 17, 18, 19 years old, and you're in the cage with them. You're, you're uh, giving them little pointers here and there. You're watching them on the, on the backfields. And I could tell the fire and the drive that you had in working with these guys who you can really mold. You know, you're around big leaguers. And they're not a finished product. No ball player is ever a finished product, but they largely are who they are. Mm -hmm. But it it seemed to me like you really get a passion from being able to take the unfinished product and impart some wisdom and kind of steer them in the right direction that can really help their career in a big way. You know, it was just, again, and during instruction league, I was just there really trying to watch and evaluate the players that we had acquired in the draft and I'd seen some of them during the season. So it was like kind of like a, re, you know, just a reunion of, of players. And so we kind of established a little rapport with one another. So I was able to kind of get into them a little bit and loosen them up and just have some really good dialogue, ask some great questions. And they had great answers as well. 
so so it gave me again that, that slight little little room to kind of get in and, and get a little deeper to find out how they were wired. Uh, but again, I think Mark and, and and Doug Harris have done a tremendous job here with player development. Our staff that was down there working with those guys. They did the work. I was just on the outside, you know, just really trying to keep my hands off, but yet picking at them a little bit to trying to trying to again stimulate thought, make them think a little differently, and 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 again oppose some challenges to them in, in the upcoming games that they were playing to get them to understand how important it is when we're playing teams within our division that we want to win those games. Even in instructionally, we want to start establishing that that winning culture, that winning mindset, and it starts, you know, e even as early as our, our early work in the cage and what we're doing with our drills, early work again with, with some of our infield coordinators and instructors, our base running, just some of the finer details of the game, they're really important because those are the separators that would keep you from winning a championship when ultimately that's our goal is to win championships. So I, I just tried to plant a few seeds there while I was during, during Instructional League uh, with some of those young players and I had a great time with them. Dijon Watson, the Nationals' new Director of Player Development is here with me on the Nats Insider Podcast. And Dijon, beyond infusing that culture of winning and, and establishing that at the very low levels up all the way through, you know, double A, triple A, the big leagues. Mm -hmm. How do you view your philosophies now uh, that you have your hands on the reins of, of this minor league system? What are the, the broader points that you want to um, bring to your coaches and instructors and, and funnel down the line? And where specifically do you think this organization can improve in those areas? You know, I think that's a pretty uh, interesting question because there are a lot of different areas that we touch on with everyone within the organization from the coaches as well as the players. I think the most important thing for us on the development side of these kids is understanding the culture in which we're trying to, to, to teach and grow here internally about how we're going to attack our bats, about how we're going to attack the strike zone as pitchers. Those are the areas in which we really want to hammer down and make sure they really understand what we're trying to do and establish the Nationals way. And, and again, that winning mindset, that winning culture about how we're going to attack the game on a daily basis in our relentless pursuit of excellence. You know, that's what we're pushing for here every single day, not only on our player side, but also on the coaching side. Uh, I think we've had the ability, ownership and Mike have given me uh, some, 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 some wiggle room to, to add some different pieces to how we're raising these players and developing them and utilizing the, the, the tools that are available to us now that weren't there when I was in this position 15 years ago, 10 years ago, right? So now it's it's really fun to really start digging deeper into the player to try and get them to be the best possible player that they can be with their current skills and tools. And now we have information that will help guide us there and hopefully get us there a little bit quicker and accelerate that learning curve for these players. And what, I, what I'm really having a great time is, with, is that our, our pitching coordinator and our hitting coordinators, they've been having these Zoom calls with our staff. We're really trying to establish that culture, that mindset of how we're going to teach organically you know, from within to help get these guys prepared for what's in front of them. Dijon, you mentioned some of the, the hires that you guys made. I know that organizationally that was a focus, was broadening out the amount of coordinators, of coaches, of uh, things like nutrition and mental health at the minor league levels. Just take me through what specifically you hoped to accomplish with these hires and, and how targeted you were in what areas you wanted to address with these openings that, that you had some, uh, you know, that ownership had given you the, the ability to, to make? Um, I felt like I was pretty focused on a couple of, of key pieces, uh, especially on the, on the mental skills side. Uh, I really wanted to focus on the, someone that I'd worked with in the past that had some success on building, uh, building out some really strong minds that I had in, in Los Angeles and Dana Sinclair. 
Uh, she's worked with so many, you know, different professional organizations, but her or the way she, she she works with the players and the information she's able to to gather and help us from the development side of how to communicate, how to teach, and how to, to again focus our energies towards that player. I thought that was a really big piece for us to add. I was able to add Emily um, Emily Cately as our nutritionist, which is a really new position for us. And we had Sue at the major league level this past year, but having someone on the minor league side to take some of that uh, unnecessary uh, uh, stress off of our strength and conditioning coaches at the minor league level, she comes in and she'll be able to really start really gauging what is important for our players and what they need to nourish their body so that they can go out and perform as well as get the proper rest that they need uh, and staying hydrated and doing all those those fundamental pieces that we need, again, to get the most out of the player. Um, we were able to touch touch base on Sam Nairing, who's our pitching coordinator, tremendous upside, great knowledge uh, and feel for the delivery as well as the, you know, utilizing the tools that are available to us now on the analytics side and bring that to our, our overall development process. Uh, we incorporated um, Michael Tejero, who's going to blend with him as a lower level pitching coordinator to kind of take this into Latin America for us. So again, we're laying that foundation at the entry level and it carries us all the way through to the big leagues. On the hitting side, we were fortunate enough to get Joe Dillon back into the fold, which I'm really excited about. Great mind, tremendous a teacher and is really thorough and, and talks a lot about the mindset and, and again, uh, establishing that culture of how we're going to build our offensive machine and how we're going to build uh, uh, passing that baton onto our next, the next man in line and growing our offensive approach and to, to, to again, maximize our ability to score runs. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go get Jose Aguasil to be our infield coordinator. This guy has, I want to say he has at least uh, six gold gloves over when he's with the giants uh, with their infielders there. So I know he knows what he's doing and teaching there. Uh, again, we had good teachers here before, but this was just one of those special um, personalities that I felt like had a, had a great ability to reach back and teach everyone at every level with advanced information to kind of, again, accelerate that growth for these players as we move them towards their big leagues. Um, you know, picking up a guy like Dave Jouse, who's been around the game for so long, is such a great teacher, uh, helping us grow our young managers. We have some young managers now in the organization. A couple of guys in there. Louis Ordaz will be his first time managing. He's going to be at the camp league level for us. You know, we're going to have Jake Lowry at, at Fredericksburg, and then we're going to have Mario Lisson, who's an up and comer, helping these guys really understand what it takes to lead young men, to grow a staff, to grow a team, to understand the forming, the norming, and then the storming portion of, of the development process throughout the year. It's so important to have that guy that they can bounce some things off of. Spen, who's been here a long time, will help Sam in his transition. I got lucky enough to, to snag a Rafael Chavez. Uh, you can tell how excited I am about this group of guys that I've added here, man. I get so excited sure. to start talking fast, but we have a good group. Billy Miller, who's going to be a quality assurance guy, and quality to making sure that we're matching what they're doing at the big league level in AAA and AA. So that when our guys are going up and down, there is no there is no blind spot. We don't know what's going on. Everyone is on the same page. And so we, we've put together some really good people. We have some good processes in place. I was fortunate enough to grab David Longley from the San Diego Padres and bring him on to help our research and technologies piece. He's been working hand in hand with Joe Dillon, as well as uh, Sammy on building out some interfacing uh, information for our players and our staff. I'm really trying to, to again, grow our, our internal staff members to keep them current with the technology so that they're never out of pocket with what's going on and what's being said. So the vernacular has changed so much over the last few years. We're trying to make sure we're staying with it and it's as well as advancing in front of it. And we're, you know, currently I'm in search of another piece to add to this puzzle on the biomechanics side. And so we're just, we're growing this department. We're growing our, our, our I guess, again, our overall organization and how we're putting it together. It just takes a little time, but we're not going to try and kill it all in one, 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 one final swoop. It's a gradual process, right? And as, as we're, you know, again, 
bringing this out and rolling it out to our players and our staff, it can't just, you know, you can't just pour everything on top. It's, it's a slow process as we get there. I'm trying to take small bites out of this thing to make sure it's lasting and it has some, some legs to stand on once we get it, get it implemented. Dijon Watson, the Nationals' new director of player development, is here with me on the Nats Insider podcast. And Dijon, I want to ask you about something that is the, the hot topic throughout baseball over the last couple of years, and it's the implementation of some of the statistical uh, pieces of, of the process, I guess you could say. Um, the analytics, the high spin rate cameras, the slow motion, the, the Rapsodos, all those pieces that can fit in with the scouting that Mike Rizzo and his staff have done so well over decades now. How do you see those two components blending together and how much of the kind of more advanced statistical, uh, technological components do you want to have your minor league coaches and your minor league players focused on? Again, we're going to have all of those those materials, and, and we have all the tools here. They've been here. Um, what we're doing now is we're rolling them out and utilizing them a little bit more with our, our side sessions. Um, even when we get to this early camp, we're going to be have we're going to have like a lab that'll be built out into our, our certain area of our cages. We'll be working with our pitchers as well as our hitters. So the information and technology. I mean, the game is advancing and evolving, and, and so if you have these tools available to you, why would you not use them? And, and so we're trying to really take the pieces that are important for us that we feel like are important to our development process and apply those into what we're doing as far as our daily, you know, plan, player plans that we're building out for them. So again, like I mentioned earlier, tightening up the, the development window to, to hopefully get them to become the best players that they can possibly be at a little more rapid pace. Um, it, it's, there's just so many different tools that we're able to use now, whether it be the K vest or, or, or whether it be, you know, the, 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 um, got rap soda, Trackman Hawkeye is going to be the new thing that's coming into to not only minor league baseball, but definitely major league baseball. So we're able to start breaking down some of the biomechanics and where the body is in the delivery, where the body is in the swing. Um, so we're looking at all of those different things. And again, that's why I, I talked about looking for a biomechanist right now to try and get them involved in our process. Those are just pieces that we're trying to, again, can continue to grow, uh, not only just the player development side and tying it in with our scouting, but make them blend seamlessly with the information so that no one is feeling overwhelmed with the information that's being displayed to them or talked about. Uh, again, the vernacular has changed so much over the last 10 years of the game, and it's about keeping everyone current with the information that's being shared amongst your, your, yourselves more than anything. Dijon, let's talk now about a couple of the high-level prospects that are within the organization that have Nationals fans so excited. Okay. Um, we got to start with Cade Cavalli, and I want to get your thoughts on Brady House as well. One has been in the system he was first round pick, what, 2020. So he's been around for a little bit, had to deal with the, the COVID season. And then last year had a full year making his way all the way up to AAA, which was a heck of a jump. And then Brady House is brand new to the system and got some time at the Complex League. And we got to see him up close in the Instructional League as well. Give me your thoughts on those two prospects and what they can become. Well, Kate Cavalli, man, what, a, what an exciting, good-looking young prospect. Uh, Four-pitch mix. He's strong. He's physical. He hasn't been pitching very long. He was a shortstop and, and converted over to pitcher, uh, but he's featuring a, a, a double-plus fastball. He's 96 to 99 with some ride and occasional cut. He's got added two-seamer to his mix with some late downer, downer sink to it that can do ground balls. His curveball is a power three-quarter breaker that has good shape, and he's starting to utilize his changeup a little bit more. So I think the biggest thing for him in that, that rapid rise to AAA is really understanding how to manage his mix when he's had, there are going to be days he's going to feel great where he's going to go out there with electric stuff. 
And there are going to be days where he's not going to feel as good as he wants to feel, but you still have to go out and execute and give your chance, your team a chance to win. So I think it's really, for me, it's about developing his mindset and helping him understand where he is in his overall growth uh, and what he's facing and understanding the, the information he's gaining on the swings, the locations, how they're responding to the pitches that he's throwing, uh, and again, managing the game and, and understanding his game plan and what fits him best. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him continue to evolve and grow. We had him down at the early, uh, the January camp, and man, he looked good physically. The ball was coming out of his hand hot, um, and he just seemed like he was in a really good space and looking forward to coming to camp and, and really trying to compete to help our big league club here in the near future. So I'm excited for him. And on Brady House, man, he went home and, and had a really good winter, came back strong. His body's in great shape. He looked great at our early camp. Uh, he's six foot four, about 205 pounds. Surprisingly, uh, a good runner. He ran a four three, four three five down the line. Um, so, so the biggest thing for me on Brady is really just kind of cleaning up the hands and the feet uh, at shortstop. He's a big man, so understanding he has to understand how his body needs to work in small spaces, being that large, and how quickly he needs to make adjustments and, and transition his feet and it's from filling the baseball and getting to his throwing position. So those are things that Jose Aguasil has, has already been on the phone with him talking about to hopefully work with him on some of his drill packages during the offseason before he reports on February the 21st. But looking forward to seeing this young man do his thing. He was swinging the bat exceptionally well down there, driving the baseball from gap to gap. That's, uh, I think the power is going to play solid average to above average. Uh, he's, he's a chance to be a really exciting player down the road, man. He's going to be fun to watch. Dijon Watson, the Nationals Director of Player Development, joining me on the Nats Insider Podcast. Dijon, I want to ask you about another name that Nats fans up here in D.C. might not be too familiar with yet, but has been in the organization for a couple of years and was internationally a big get a few years back, and that's Yasel Antuna. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys made the move to, to take him from the infield and move him to left field. Mm-hmm. What was the, the impetus for that, and what do you think that that could do to potentially just allow him to maybe focus on his hitting a little bit more or to clear some of the uh, the frustration that was coming from some of the errors that he was making on the infields. Just take me through that whole transition and how you think that can benefit a, a kid that you guys are still high on. Okay, I wasn't there for that transition of the move from him from short to the outfield, but I understand why they moved him from shortstop to the outfield because there is a lot of pressure to play that, especially in a premium position when in the middle of the diamond. There's so many plays going on. There's so much movement going on. And it can't take away from you offensively if it's not, you know, again, a natural position for you. Um, I think moving him to the outfield, seeing him in left field during the instructional league, his first step quickness was still there. His routes were, were solid. Uh, there's definitely room for improvement there, but his arm is above average with good carry. Uh, and, and again, he, he's had some hamstring issues in the past. So this may free up some of the, the stress on the legs, being in the outfield. It, it was just a different, it, it's a different wear and tear on your body than playing a premium position like shortstop or even center field for that matter. Um, I, I think the tools are there. Uh, the offensive approach, I saw him really early in the season. I want to say early June. Then I saw him late in July, and it was like facing two completely different guys. Uh, by the time I saw him late in the season, he was really controlling the strike zone from both sides of the plate. It was a line drive gap stroke with, with good strength with backspin into the gaps for extra bases. Uh, I think what happened in the last month of the season, he just ran out of gas. It was his first full season. So I think fatigue kind of set in and it kind of took away from him as it best to a certain degree. Uh, but if you if you could if you could take away portions of the season and just look at mid-June to the end of July, man, he put together a really good stretch there. So for me, I think with this move to the outfield, it will definitely free up his mind, give him an opportunity to really focus on his offensive approach. I can see him, you know, growing into a, a middle of the order run producing bat that slots somewhere in that four, then at five to six in your in your lineup. 
and just be a steady, you know, competitor because he really loves to compete. I just like his mindset, and he and he's such a good young man. I just think he's going to be fine. And 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 again, this move I think is going to it's going to benefit him and accelerate his growth to where he needs to be. He didn't finish up at the at the highest number offensively for us, but there's things that I think we're we're, we're actually trending in the right direction to get him where I think he will be by the end of 2022. Dijon Watson, the Nationals Director of Player Development, moving into that role this year, joins me on Nats Insider. And Dijon, I'll I'll let you get out of here with this one. There's a lot of focus always uh, across the baseball landscape on the top prospects in every organization, the top 100 across Major League Ball. But that's not necessarily how organizations win long-term. They win with stars, but they win with depth as well. And I know that there are some depth pieces that you guys really like. You were out at the Arizona Fall League. You got to see Jackson Clough. You got to see Cole Henry. You got to see some of these other guys. Give Nationals fans a a glimpse at some of, you know, the guys that aren't the one, two prospects, but who you're high on and who you think could develop into some nice players up here at the Major League level. Definitely, man. I think we have quite a few, to be honest with you. And, and so for me, it's, I'm, I'm just like, just be patient with this because they're coming first and foremost. So we do have some good looking young arms coming. Cole Henry is going to be uh, one of those guys who may sit in the middle of a rotation someday down the road. Uh, you have to remember Jackson Rutledge is another big arm guy who's really starting to understand how to utilize his mix. And he's 94 to 98 with a power breaking ball, power slider, power curveball. And, and so, again, once we get him to master his craft, he's got a chance to either you can, you can put him either in the rotation or in the, in the back end of your bullpen. This guy has a chance to be really dynamic for your club. This past draft, there was a kid by the name of Dustin Sains, left-hander, 93-95. I mean, it's a beautiful arm swing and arm slot. His curveball is average to above, and he has solid average to above changeup. So he's another guy I think will fly through and, and be knocking on the door relatively quick. So I'm excited about him and where he is in his development. Um, I have, you know, there's my sleeper here is Jackson, I think it's Jackson Tetralt, right-hander, former tennis player. Good, long, lean body. Um, he has three pitches, up to 97. Uh, but, again, he's a tennis player, just current, he's really refocusing his energy towards baseball, looking forward to his development and seeing what he does this year. Uh, but he's another one who's going to has some upside for me that may appear at the big leagues and, and hopefully in the near future if we can get some of the smaller pieces ironed out. When you start looking at our catching from an organizational standpoint, our, our catching depth has is, is improved immensely in one year's time. Just this roll with the trade deadline, we acquired – uh, Drew Milas, who to go along with Israel Pineda, both those guys have big league skills and tools and have a chance to play there. I'm um, just really excited about those young men. Um, looking at our middle infield, we've already talked about Brady House, but we acquired another young man by the name of Jordi Barley, shortstop from the Dominican Republic, athletic, live, wiry body. He led an organization to stolen bases. His tools are incredible. So again, for us, if we can harness that swing and get him to stay in that right center field gap and let the rest of the stuff play for him, he's going to be a fun one to watch as he comes through. Uh, we had another kid, uh, Ricardo Mendoza, uh, an outfielder from Venezuela, who reminds me of a young Gregor Blanco, man. He just he had a tremendous year, went from low A ball to high A ball, was driving the ball in both gaps, running well. Uh, there's just some tremendous upside there. We didn't even talk about Dylan Lyle, who was our second round pick, and I didn't even talk about TJ White, who's a big switch hitter with some power. So I asked the, the Nats fan to be patient with us as we as we transition, but these young kids are coming. They're gonna be fun to watch as we move as we move forward here. Dijon Watson, the Nationals' new director of player development. Dijon, great getting a chance to catch up with you, man. I'm really excited and happy for you with this move over to the player development side. Can't wait to see all the uh, the positive things that you implement there with, with the young kids and all the progress that's made. So uh, excited for you. Thanks for taking time and hope to see you again soon. Dan, so thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. See you in spring.
That'll do it for the Nats Insider podcast this week. My thanks to Dijon. My thanks to Luis Garcia as well. Appreciate you guys listening, and we'll check in with you next week with another Nats Insider podcast. Go big or go home.